1990s seemed like a long time ago, but here on The Whistle, we remember them very fondly. Nelson Mandela was the world's darling, moonbags were in vogue, and a South African by the name of Lucas Gadebe was dominating at centre-back for Premier League title contenders at Leeds United. Exceptionally well, particularly in this second half. Yes. Goalkeeper's denied again! prime Alex Ferguson praised him publicly and even tried to lure him away from his second home Ellen Road. Lucas starred abroad and internationally as he played in South Africa's African Nations Cup winning team in 1996 as well as captaining Bafana at two World Cups. It was a real pleasure to sit down with this African icon, somebody Mandela described as his hero, to talk about life, football and share plenty of laughs. We're here at the Santon Intercontinental. I'm sitting down with Bafana Bafana and Leeds legend Lucas Khadebe. Lucas, welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I mean, it's been a while since I've had uh, such a great intro, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely brilliant, but I think it's uh, uh, inspiring, you know, uh, 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 to hear that at least still people remember, you know, after after about <laughs> 20 years of, of professional football. But uh, yeah, I'm happy that, I, you know, I, uh, I'm here and, uh, and uh, I follow football. Lucas, we're going to talk about modern day football in a second and the issues there. But I want to start, Lucas, with you about where you're from. You grew up in Deep Kloof section in Soweto, South Africa's biggest township. Take us back. What was life like growing up there? That was brilliant. I think um, we didn't know much about about sports as a whole, especially international uh, football, because we were never really uh, um, introduced or we've never really uh, exposed to it. But uh, what we did best was to was to play uh, football in the streets, where you know we'll get into trouble. Uh, obviously, the parents and and damaging shoes and but uh, but it's always been uh, a passion you know because uh, our brothers and sisters played uh, during those days of apartheid obviously yes we're not really allowed to play out of our our, our zone where we were really confined to those little pockets of areas where we can find where we can find a piece of uh, uh, of open space and then we, we just have a kick around which is which is brilliant I think that's where it, it, it started Lucas if I'm correct you grew up in a really big family there were 11 family members and I think you grew up in a four-room house not to be confused with the four-bedroom house yeah absolutely but but again you know for me uh, growing up in a, a big family I think for me it was a blessing uh, in the fact that um, at least one of us can be successful. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like the Williams tennis family. Yeah, yeah. So it's all of us, you know, so maybe one, two, three will miss, but at least one will make it. So, so, so I, I happened to be, uh, I had to be the one. But, but again, it was uh, as, uh, uh, a, a hard upbringing in terms of... Um, 
financial uh, uh, obligations, especially when um, the only person who used to, to bring food was my, my dad. And uh, himself, you know, he was never at home for most of the time because he was away working. So all of us will be will be cramped in the house. <laughs> we'll be keeping ourselves warm <laughs> and making sure that um, at least you know we we together. But obviously, uh, you know, there were schools, people were working, and uh, and it was uh, it it was tough. Uh, I think uh, I remember my mother used to make amends by getting the local kids to stay with the, like a sort of a crutch, mm. uh, a, a babysitter. Uh, and he was in, she wasn't even charging them. Uh, they were just uh, giving whatever they can, uh, you know, uh, which I think she appreciated, but she was doing that out of love. And I think that's where we, we, we come from, or we took um, uh, from them. Uh, you know, I mean, today I've got like eight kids. <laughs> my sister's got seven, and my brother's got five, and <laughs> like, what are we trying to do here? <laughs> But, uh, but but it was brilliant because we, we grew close, uh, close uh, uh, as a family. Uh, you know, uh, the, my sisters were absolutely brave. We looked after one another. Uh, my brothers played uh, football uh, in, uh, locally, and uh, my, uh, my sisters played netball, and everybody was involved in sports, which which was which was great. Uh, my uncles and they used to be like, you know. Uh, other family members who are from outside, from both sides, mm -hmm. uh, from my mother, from my father's side, to come and visit. So it'd be like packed, uh, the house. And uh, but but it'd be it'd be great. There will be food. Surprisingly, you know, there will be food for everybody. There will be room for everybody to sleep, even if it's in the passage next to the toilet, you know, next to to uh, underneath the kitchen table, you know. But but you know, it, it was absolutely joy. You know, uh, there was no complaints or there was no there was no uh, uh, rumbling about but it was just fun you know as a big family both my parents came from really big families um in pretty impoverished areas in in durban where we're from um dad had six or seven siblings mom had six siblings and i always said to them how did the living arrangements and sleeping arrangements work um, and it was always funny to find out how the girls stayed with the girls and the, the girls, boys with yeah. the boys how did it work in the khadebe household no, actually, it's four room house, yeah. So we had a kitchen, we had a we had a dining room, <laughs> slash I don't know <laughs> bedroom, slash uh, and and two bedrooms. So which one was occupied by my parents, mm -hmm. and the other one was my big brother, and he wouldn't sleep with anybody else. We didn't share with any other guys. So, oh, wow. so the girls would sleep in the in, in the dining room. And then uh, the boys would sleep in the kitchen. So whoever finds a better place in the kitchen, whether it's it's close to the stove where it's going to get warm or under the table, you know, you know where, we can, where we can at least uh, uh, get a, a proper sleep. But again, you know, my, my, my dad used to wake up very early mm. because, because he, had a, 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 he, was, he was into transportation. So, so, so you can imagine in the kitchen, so we were the first ones to wake up at five, wash the cars and, and make sure that the, everything is ready. He wants tea before he leaves, and and it, but but we 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 grew up in that kind of environment where we get used to it. 
and uh, and for us it was part of our life mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, you'll never leave the house without having cleaned you know there was a it was old school you know we have to fire we, we had to make fire we have the old stoves where we have to we have coal we have to add wood and we have to uh, get work from outside tap <laughs> and bring it inside it was and 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 the preparations were basic you know we had to make tea, you never like plug a kettle and just mm -hmm. now you just have to put the kettle on the on the stove and wait for, for the water to boil, and and the elders will drink tea first, the young ones will drink later, and it was, but it was, you know, oh, how we grew up, it was amazing because there was so much um, uh, respect and organization that you don't see today. You know, we, we knew that uh, in terms of respect, we knew that our parents are the ones who will drink tea first. And they will drink tea with milk. We'll, if we have to drink tea with <laughs> black tea. <laughs> and we, that's, how, that's how we, that's how mm. we, we knew. And it wasn't for a particular reason, but it was out of, out of respect. Oh, because of there was not enough milk for everybody, so mm. so because the elders will have milk, and then we'll have as long as we have tea, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. But uh, but again, you know, when it comes to sharing, to buying bread, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, a loaf of bread wouldn't, it doesn't go far. No. So so it was first come first serve. So sometimes I, I'll be going to buy bread. By the time I get home, a uh, quarter of the bread will be gone. By the time I'm, 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 I'm walking back, I'll be eating bread on my way home. <laughs> You're a growing boy, so you had to find a way to get something in you, didn't you? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because once you get home, uh, you know, it's a matter of time. <laughs> once you put the, the bread down, actually, actually, uh, by, by the time you, get, you enter the door, Somebody's there waiting with them. <laughs> so, so that's how that's how it was. A bit of a competition in terms of food. Uh, you know, when you're not at home at night, you after dinner, you might meet, you might find your meat missing, something missing <laughs> on your plate. <laughs> so it was important that you're there when everybody eats. But, uh, but, but we we had a lot of respect mm. for, for elders. You know, we we didn't intrude in my brother's bedroom. You know, whether how curious you are, just to have a look. But he will come and say, can you do this for uh, for me? You know, he'll just put the, his shoes there to wash, or and he doesn't even ask. He just puts it, and we know exactly what he <laughs> wants to do. And our parents, we know exactly what they wanted. So for us, we, that's how, how we live. But, uh, and, and I think some of us, we followed that routine until until today but you know what life today it's different you know kids uh, they're not the same <laughs> anymore so. no no i'm with you and, I, and i'm i've certainly seen how humble beginnings can lead to greatness and we'll talk about that about your move to kaiser chiefs and of course leeds but you grew up in soweto during an interesting time there was lots of civil unrest it was apartheid south africa in the 70s and 80s what was that like lucas i think it was brilliant i think uh, for me Football took a uh, centre stage where we had, I mean, great teams. As obviously, it was Pirates, Chiefs, Morocco uh, Swallows, which were big teams. Orlando Stadium was the main arena. And uh, and we used to walk from Dimkluf uh, to go to, to the stadiums and we'll wait for half time where we'll be going. We'll be, we'll be, the gate will be open, everybody will enter free. Uh, but, but again, we had 
we had our little patches behind uh, uh, our you know uh, different surroundings where we we play our football bare feet and our heroes were those guys like you know our brother we never really exposed to international football we didn't know anything much about that and and to be honest we used to walk to school yeah, you know, but we used to we used to appreciate little things, very little things. Uh, and and uh, I mean, from then when you have school shoes, gee, it was was a big thing, you know. And uh, and to keep them until the next <laughs> year for two years, because sometimes you play football, we use the mm. shoes, and then you come home, damage, you get a you, you get some punishment, but it wasn't bad. Uh, so so I think that's the. The reason why I think our parents uh, were forced to decide either way, yeah, because during the years where there was a lot of uh, protests and riots, and there was a lot of uh, uh, um, crime as well, mm. you know, and uh, I think uh, and during those days, when we have a big family like that. You're either successful as a family when you have a doctor in the house or a teacher, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and other uh, 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 careers didn't matter. I mean, football was nothing. Football was just a, a hobby. Mm. So, 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 and and our parents would choose for us what our career. They choose a career for you. So my parents wanted me to be a doctor. Did you want to be a doctor? <laughs> I've been there and I know I was enjoying my football. Maybe <laughs> Dr. Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but again, I, I think in a big family like that, you know, you know there was, the, there was a, a lot of uh, friends around where, mm -hmm. where it was easy that we can go astray. You know where some of the family members will 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 run off with some of naughty friends and get into trouble. You know, so so that that was the time when uh, we never used to go to school properly. You know, you'd go to school, and then in an hour, you know, there'll be there'll be tear gas, there'll be people running all over the place. And pass one, and again there was pass one, pass all. Whether you write an exam or not, and then you go, you get promoted. But that's when my parents changed my mind and and shipped me out to Buputaswana. Yeah, tell me about that. You're 15, and your parents move you out into, which was one of the old homelands in South Africa. Did that come as a surprise to you? And and what was it like? It was a shock. <laughs> I mean, as young as I was. Um, uh, I mean, imagine a boy coming from somewhere to where. You wake up, you know where everything is. You know, uh, you stand by the gate, you know your friends are, you know, you whistle, somebody comes out and, you know, you, you chill or, or, or you walk together to school and stuff. But then then you need a passport to go to the, to, to just to travel about three hours, you know, from Joburg. And, and you have to go through border gate. And then you enter the... Uh, one of the homelands that was absolutely brilliant for me. I think it was great. At the old Buputatswana, where to be honest, for me it was something else. I, I didn't like the environment. 
I didn't like the place. It was just remote, yeah, and it was, you know, the first thing I saw it was cow kettle, and <laughs> you know, very different to somebody who's grown up in a big, loud, bustling township. Absolutely, I mean that's the kind of lifestyle you used to. You running around, but that was absolutely for me. I mean, there was a lot of things, you know, um, uh, came into my mind, especially the fact that where do I start? But the only reason I was there was to finish my my education and be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 luckily, yes, we found a school, Ngotwani um, High School, very strict. They were very, you know, the, the other thing was how strict. Yeah, I mean, Mangop was, uh, mm. he was feared. He was like respected. Um, and uh, it was one of those homelands where nothing else happens but education. You know, even the elders, even parents, you know, they were, they were still doing metric. They were still doing grade 10, 11. And that was a big surprise. But actually, it wasn't a big surprise because I think they were used to it mm. but for me coming from to, to see parents coming to school i mean it was, was something different but that in Tswana we say which you never be, you never grow old for education for knowledge actually so it doesn't matter how old you are but if if you want to go to school you can still go if you mm -hmm. want to do get some more knowledge or or get educated you have to you, you have to do that so that's how it, so, so that's how it was and I grew up there, and uh, luckily there was a football club. <laughs> it was the Bobsol, you know, Bobsol League. Um, there was a few teams there, and I think during the time when I was, I was really bored going to school, coming back, study. Uh, how, how, how much can you study, you know? And, uh, and I started, uh, I said to one of the guys, I said, no, maybe during after school hours, uh, after school, can I maybe train with the guys? Just, just, just to keep myself busy, and they agreed. And I started training with them. And then when, at the start of the season, they said they don't have a goalkeeper. I said, no, hey, I'll go in goal. <laughs> Lucas, how exposed to you had you been to goals? Because we all know you as a legendary defender. Now and then, folding in the midfield. I of course remember when you popped into goal for Leeds against United. <laughs> but at that point in your career, um, how exposed had you been to standing between the sticks? That was the first time, first time ever. I've never been. I've never. I've never even played in like a proper league. Organized because uh, for Butswana it was a professional league. <laughs> it was a professional league. So that was that was that, that that's when my career started actually. Uh, and I, I remember my parents didn't like it when they heard that I was I'm joining one of the teams because my mother thought. Because my dad was away all the time, my mother thought, you know, playing football has never been a career. It's just an excuse for womanizing, partying and stuff. So <laughs> so it was just for her, it was a waste of time. But even for me, I didn't play to get anywhere. I just played for the love and the passion that I had for the game. And, uh, and I did well. I did well until I got kicked in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can just pause for a moment. How would you describe your goalkeeping? Were you a, a sweeper keeper? <laughs> Were you a shot stopper? Did you have fast reflexes? Was your distribution good? How would you describe Lucas, the cat, Khadebe in goals? <laughs> <laughs> to 
be honest, um, I was a fleshy goalkeeper. <laughs> Rene Hagita? <laughs> Maybe Bruce Kobla. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I think, uh, you know, I had, there was talent there. Um, I wasn't really uh, flashy, but, but uh, I, I, I was, I was a, a penalty, sh- um, I, could, I, I could stop penalties. Mm. That was one of my, uh, my expertise uh, when I was in goal. And I had an eye, to be honest, for the ball, you know, anticipation, you know, and, 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 uh, and good hands. Because all you need as a goalkeeper is a good, clean pair of hands, and, and, and I had that, but it didn't last long. But uh, but I think I, I enjoyed goalkeeping. Um, I think for the fact that we can read the game uh, from the back, and then uh, and the distribution as well. I think for me, which was my strong point. But but otherwise, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Apart from being kicked in the face, as I said. <laughs> I'm sorry about that incident. Yeah. But while you were playing, you certainly were getting a lot of headlines. Or at least when you were playing, a lot of people had taken note of your performances in that league. And you get scouted by Kaiser Chiefs. How does it happen that they see you? Who put you in touch with the club? And how did your career go from there? Uh, what happened is that... Uh, I think I mean uh, where I was. It was in it was one of the rural areas, Lehurute, <laughs> very rural. And uh, we had a good team. We had a fairly good team, um, as you know. Mabatu Kicks were the were, were the big team there, you know. And um, and what happened is that uh, you know uh, the I think yeah no Sylvester City Kule was from the northwest. He was from Mafikim. Uh, and I think um, he's the one who really notified uh, Kaiser Chiefs. And I remember Ace and Brassem, you know, uh, came to watch one of the games that I played in. Um, it was uh, I was in goal uh, in one of the uh, semi-finals when I got kicked in the face, and I and I, I didn't play for a while. But when I got back. I never went went in goal ever again, <laughs> and that's when I started playing defense, and that's when uh, Ace and uh, City and them saw saw me, and I think uh, uh, I think uh, uh, the scouts from Kaiser Chiefs came, and then Kaiser phoned, and I thought, you know what, you don't have to talk to me about football, talk to my mother, <laughs> because I, this is the reason I'm here. <laughs> and what did Mum say? Mum says no chance. <laughs> So, so, how, so how did how did Kaiser convince her to play? I think one of the things that Kaiser said said that no 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 will because most of the guys like Tia talked uh, they were the uh, Soviet College of Education. He says no don't worry, you know we'll put we'll put him uh, at school. We'll make sure that he's looked after. He does <laughs> well. He went out of the window. Nothing like that happened. But uh, uh, I mean you can imagine how massive. Kaiser Chiefs was those years. Uh, mm. uh, it was a big club. Um, Shane McGregor, Doctor Kumarofani, Matita, all those uh, great guys. And and to be honest, there was a lot of excitement uh, from me. But my parent, my, 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 of course, my dad was never there. It was, it was just my mom. 
And my mom was like, she wasn't, she, did, she didn't really uh, take it, you know. She was like, no chance. <laughs> Until you finish school, then you can come back. And then I came back uh, for trials. I think they got me back for trial for a week. I did well, but I went back, back again. And then a few, a few weeks later, I think uh, they've shown interest in wanting to sign me. Mm -hmm. And I had to call my parents again. And my mother was like, no chance. I mean, what, 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 what career are you going to have in football? Mm. You know, then, you know, there was no, there was no much money involved. There was not much sponsors. It was just <laughs> football, you know, it was fun. It was brilliant. But, but I think I had to choose whether school or football. Mm -hmm. And and it was a, a difficult decision in facing my parents to say, you know what, let me just come and play, let me just try, and if I can't, I'm telling you, I'm I'm gonna do everything that you want me to, you know, while I'm still here. And I lived at home, mm. so I came back and lived at home. At that time, um, uh, my my dad has built back rooms. So I stayed in the garage, <laughs> <laughs> make sure that they, they look, they, they keep an eye. And uh, and the first day was absolutely great, great because I got um, actually we played in a to in a, um, a competition called the Castle Challenge, where I was player of the series. Mm. And then uh, and then I started building the house, and I thought my mother would be impressed. <laughs> Never. Your mom wasn't impressed, Can, was and you you were taking your 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 salary and. Helping build the house, and that's still that's still an impressor. Yeah, but the salary wasn't much because I think I was earning about uh, it was about one thousand two hundred <laughs> a month for me because I was young. No, those days I was young. I mean, I was at, I was twenty uh, uh, at that time, and uh, that's young, you know. Uh, those days, uh, and 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 you don't have much to do with the mm. money. So everything that I was, I was giving it to back to to my parents, back to my mother, uh, until until we, we extended the house. So we got everybody make it nice and make it big. And uh, and still not happy with me playing football, you know. And and she keeps asking, uh, are you still gonna continue with the education? You know what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then it got it got very hectic uh, uh, with football with, with the game. I played nine. I started ninety, and then I started playing. I started playing very well. Got uh, I mean, with Kara, you know, Kara Chiefs at that time, uh, the big players, and we were winning trophies, winning league. Mm -hmm. And I played for I played for them for three years. What was your career highlight at Kaiser Chiefs? I gotta imagine. It's a Soweto derby, oh. and I got to imagine, growing up as a Sea Robber fan, that, that must have been quite intense. Oh, yeah. Did you were, were you a Pirates fan? Let's confirm that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me see. Okay. <laughs> I had to make sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I was. A, my mother was the only Kaza Chiefs fan in the house. Everybody else, I was a Pagania. I think I'm still. Uh, yeah, 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 I've got a soft spot for them. <laughs> You're still a buccaneer. <laughs> yeah. Did you really just say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, still, I still support. Uh, I, st I think it's still one of my favorite teams. Mm -hmm. But because I played for Kaiser, so 
<laughs> I have to support them. So, 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 so it was big games. By street, when they see the Kaiser Chiefs Kumbi coming to fetch me, it was a, it was pandemonium. It was it was crazy. Mm. People were coming out. People, were, it was it was like exciting because they've never seen that before. Mm. And uh, and now. I live at home, so so that means every game, and then I have to come home. <laughs> so they will be waiting for me. There will be fans. They will be, so we'll be chilling at home, and especially when the Pirates play against Chiefs at FNB, it was amazing. Oh man, it was crazy. It started there at my house. The Pirates fans will be coming, but most of them knew that I'm a Pirates fan, and they were like, "Yeah, can you get us one goal, just one goal." <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that. I'm sorry. Uh, and the career highlight. What was your career highlight at Kaiser Chiefs? I think, I think uh, my first year winning the Castle Challenge Player of the Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was brilliant. I think that put me on the map. Uh, you know, as a defender. Mm. Actually, I played midfield uh, when I arrived, and then I, I keep shifting uh, to defense, playing the uh, the defensive midfield. And I enjoyed it, you know, and and I was voted uh, the player of the series. It was brilliant, and then uh, and then we we beat we beat. I mean, most of, I think for me, I loved playing the Ibiza Spectacular, where on a Saturday it's all football. We start nine o'clock, first game at nine, and the final will be about four o'clock against Pirates or Sundowns. Amazing, and and I think one of the great games that I've played, it was Chiefs against Jomo Cosmos. We lost, we uh, we won four three. BP top eight, 1992. Phil was playing for Jomo Cosmos. He scored a hat trick. We won four three. He scored a hat trick, and he that day, oh my God, it was one of the best games I've ever played in, and. Um, and we won uh, at the end, but nobody would forget that game where Phil was, Phil was on fire. I was one of the good defenders uh, at the club, and we couldn't, uh, we couldn't contain Phil on the day, you know. Uh, and and we keep asking ourselves, how is that possible, you know? We kicked him, we did all that, but he still came in scored. The one thing, the incident that happened is that he hit me with an elbow, and I nearly swallowed my tongue. And that was one incident that uh, people will remember, and people still ask me about it today. You know, saying it, it was was that uh, something that we grew up with, or, or not that it was that game because Phil hit me with an elbow, and we were like enemies. Not no not knowing later that we'd be together somewhere in, in Leeds, you know. But uh, but it was it was quite interesting that. Uh, most of the people thought I might have spent a long time at Kaiser, and I didn't. I've only spent three seasons there, mm-hmm. you know, where, and which was was very, very uh, successful uh, 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 time, you know, uh, at, at Kaiser Chiefs. So, and then, I, and then I left '94. Yeah, and we're going to get onto that move uh, to Leeds with you and Phil Chipper Masinga. But before we do that, while you were playing for Chiefs and you were still living in Soweto. At the age of 22, you had the harrowing situation where you were shot. Yeah. I hate to take you back to that situation, but 
Lucas, what happened and was it ever solved as to, to who shot you? To be honest, you know, uh, the sound of a gun was like a firecracker in those days. Mm. It was like fireworks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could hear the, and then you, you'll go on with life like nothing had happened because the guns were in the wrong hands. There was a lot of crime. There was a lot of violence in the township. And uh, to be honest, never thought that would happen. Mm -hmm. Because I was, I, was, I, was, I was driving from home when my mother used to, to sell, like that is puzzle show. A little puzzle where I used to, to buy bread, uh, sell bread and cold drinks. So, so I was going to get cold drinks for, for her. And on my way, we had a gunshot, not far from my house. Uh, about few, about four or five blocks from my house, and then there was a gunshot. I was with my younger brother in the car and my cousin, and all of a sudden we were just driving, and my, my I can feel my back was on fire, and my left leg started going numb, and that's when I realized, and then I, I reached at the back, and I, and I saw there was blood. And that's when I realized I got shot and my left went now with the car stalled. It was chaos. <laughs> Rushed to the hospital, a para. The first question was that, am I going to be okay? Because I was still playing for Kansas Chiefs then. And my first question was, I was going to play for football. I was going to still play for football. Because I don't know, I can't feel my leg, my left leg. And luckily, you know, uh, the doctor said, no, it went through flesh. You didn't touch any bone or any vital organs. That yeah. was, I'm telling you, when I say this goes, <laughs> I think for me, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm lucky in many ways and I can appreciate life uh, in what had happened uh, to me. You know, since, since that time uh, where the, I swallowed my tongue at, at one of the games, um, I had, uh, I got shot in my back, and and to be honest, I never had enemies. But there was uh, that uh, history of we remember Roadblock Makatin was shot for changing clubs, but nobody knew I was going to Leeds, and then and I didn't even <laughs> knew I was going to go to Leeds after uh, a few years after that. Uh, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a two years after that, and. Uh, and it was a mystery. Nobody knew. Nobody came uh, forward, and nobody seen anything. And that's how it ended. <laughs> and, and then I went to hospital, and then I came back, uh, rested a few, and then I started playing again, which was which was tough for me because then you can imagine going out again on the streets. You know that had an effect on my on my life. But 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 I kept I continued playing football. Lucas, an absolutely miraculous recovery. Unbelievable that the crime couldn't be solved, but we're so happy you're safe, we're so happy you're well. You recover from being shot, Lucas, and then you get that dream move over to Leeds with your arch enemy at the time, Phil Chippermasinga. <laughs> and as urban legend goes, Leeds had actually signed you um, to just to keep Phil company. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. But but is there any truth to that? No, to be honest, I think they were looking, yes, they got Phil. And then uh, they got me as a pantella. <laughs> all, all for approximately £250,000, which is which is on the cheap. You're a bargain buy. 
but 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 for Kaiser, I think it was something <laughs> 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 pounds. Then I think uh, I think for 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 Kaiser, but but great respect to uh, to Kaiser because I think there was a few clubs were interested uh, before Leeds. I think apparently uh, Dundee United was uh, was was uh, interested, but I think he waited for a right deal, you know, uh, in, in the Premiership. So which has, I think. Uh, I pay much respect and appreciate that from him, you know, and not actually uh, 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 not letting me go, but 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 you know, he opened his arms to for me to 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 go and explore, which I think uh, which which was great. Uh, 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 then I think that's that's a great. Uh, I, st- I think I still say, even it was in for, for Kaiser. To be honest, I don't think uh, I would have I would have had the career that I that I had, you know, uh, in my life. You know, I still respect him uh, uh, for that. Uh, you know, letting me go at the right time as well, and for the right club because I think it wasn't for me to go to Leeds. I still believe today that. Football was a calling, uh, and and I think for me to be able to play football professionally, you know, uh, out of eleven of us, I think that was it wasn't just a fluke. You know, I think everything that had happened to play for Kaiser, I, play, I only in my career I only played for four teams. That's all four teams, and that says that says a lot. Uh, about myself and about what I stand for, and 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 again, for me to go to Leeds, it was a calling. It, for me, I belong. I still think I belong to Leeds United. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, at the peak of your powers, you guided Leeds to third in the Premier League, a semi-final appearance in the Champions League. And even Sir Alex Ferguson praised you. I'm going to read a little quote that I'm sure you've heard before. Everyone should be interested in Lucas. How close were you to leaving for Manchester United or to Italy where AC Milan and Roma had expressed interest? You know, I mean, uh, I think that game um, uh, when we played against Man United uh, at Old Trafford in goals uh, was Sir Alex... Actually, it gave me a, a great, uh, 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 what is it? Um, Tap on the back? Ta- yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was absolutely brilliant because I think they've never thought I could uh, I could do that. But, but again, Man United was a big club. And uh, for me, you know, having interest, you know, from, from Man United... Oh, um, bitter rivalry. <laughs> Yorkshireman and Lancashireman. I do. The, the Battle of the Roses, uh, just across the Pennines. I think um, it says a lot about uh, my personality, uh, 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 because I refused, not to refuse, but I turned down those moves from Man United. Uh, turned down a move from Lazio and and uh, uh, some of these Italian teams because because I thought with many with going 
somewhere else. I'm going to have a fresh start. Where I am settled at the club, and my family settled in, in Leeds, and I could see that uh, there's a club that has potential. And again, for me, it was a matter of of growing as a person and growing as a footballer and learning again uh, the, the the life of a footballer in Yorkshire. <laughs> I have to sort of press you on this, Lucas, because that United team, that era dominated. You had Keane, you had Hughes, you had Giggs, you had Scholes. You <coughs> were considered good enough to play in that class. When you look back now, do you have any regrets at not doing more to maybe move to United? If I've given a chance again, I'll do the same. Why is that? Because I thought... For me, I appreciate the fact that Leeds gave me the opportunity to play in the Premiership. The way I was welcomed at the club and the way uh, they looked after me at the club. And again, one of the biggest reasons that I knew that with Leeds I can learn and I can grow. If, if I would have gone to Man United, they were already a big team, winning trophies, winning that, would have, would have gone and, be, and grow as a player and as a person. Don't think so. I think for me, staying at Leeds and growing up in, in Yorkshire, I think I've grown in stature, and I think it, uh, my character showed more at Leeds, where I had to fight and make sure that uh, as a club and become a leader that showed uh, different qualities that I, I think they wouldn't have shown uh, at, at Man United or other big clubs, you know, because already they've got big stars. So I was going to be one of the squad players or one, one, one of the Man United players. But I think it was different when I was at Leeds, where we grew with the club and we've reached, we took the club to a level where it's never been before. No, okay, they've been before in the old uh, Billy Bremner when they won the the champions, but, but, but in that era where Leeds became one of the best teams in the Premiership, came second, Champions League, UEFA Cup, semi-final, it was absolutely brilliant. I think being part of that and being the captain of a club, I think that highlighted me in the world and put me in, the, in that world stage as one of the best players and, 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 and what I've known to be today. There's no price for loyalty, and you've said you, you've served Bafana, you've served Leeds with distinction, and I have to ask you this: people in Yorkshire still name their children <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, they're not my children, but they <laughs> name after me. <laughs> but how amazing is that that you can still set Twitter ablaze with people tweeting you with pictures of their kids? die-hard loyal fans. What, what, what does it make you feel like? That is, is your legacy still living on in Leeds? I'm, I'm humbled, to be honest, to to have been appreciated in the way that I did, just, just by my contribution towards the club. But I think it, 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 it showed uh, that it wasn't just only about football. It was about the, uh, my contribution outside the game, 
and 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 my relationship with the fans uh, and and having been adopted uh, to lead and giving the best that I could, you know, uh, uh, for the club that uh, or, or for the country that I was never born to. Uh, so it was, so for me, you know, it humbles me and it it, it serves it as an inspiration to say that, you know, to be revered in that way still after 20 years of leaving the club. There must have something that I've done that's right <laughs> at the club, but but having kids named after me, I mean, I mean, for me, seriously, I was really amazed. I was like, she is is that for real? And 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 the, the best thing that I did is that I was still in touch with the fans through social media, and and I go to Leeds now and then. Uh, I was invited last year. I went there, saw, I watched three of their games. But 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 I think it shows that in life it's not about. For me, it wasn't about the money. It was about the passion. It, uh, it's about the talent that I have. You know that I gave back uh, to the club that I was honestly uh, 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 played for and gave gave like half of my life, uh, my career. You know where. I could have easily left the club and went somewhere else, you know. But instead, I stayed put and I made friends and and you know, today you know I'm still revered at the club as one of the best centre backs I've I've played for for the club. So would have would have had those at, at, at Man United. I don't know. <laughs> would have said Gary Palista. <laughs> Lucas, one of the fans that tweeted you is a gentleman by the name of George Bull, and he tweeted you a picture with his newborn son. I'm, I'm not sure if you've spoken to him, but I tell you what, I can take a message to him because I'm based in the United Kingdom. Yeah. What would you like to say to him and his son who he, he's named? How, how does that make you feel? It makes me very proud. You know, it's a pity that uh, I think both my parents and all alive because this is something that, you know, you show to your parents and your parents can be proud of uh, especially have a career like this where we, you know you can have an, an impact in a different country but 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 for me it's deep it's deeper than football it's deeper than uh, 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 being a football player uh, you know it's it's very personal in a way that it touches me you know uh, and inspires me that you know somebody can name and uh, his, his little kid because you know uh, to have you uh, it's a whole product you know and uh, you, you yourself it's in your hands to name your your baby I, 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 I don't know I, I wouldn't do that <laughs> but 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 that showed something the respect the quality of respect and the appreciation and, and what I like to say is that I want to meet little Luke. <laughs> Actually, my son is little Luke, and I want to meet all these Lucases. I mean, mm. I, I think a lot of people came out again uh, in that generation to say, "No, my other son." I saw pictures of the other one in a bike. Say, "Oh, my son now is 15 and is named after." I like, you know, it's absolutely brilliant, but it's an, it's a great honor, you know. Uh, I mean, that I think for for a person like me as a footballer, just 
as a, just a footballer. I, I think it's a great honor to have to have such a, an impact, you know, uh, in England and, 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 and the appreciation that's been shown. And, and I like to I like to say thank you to all of them. And uh, hopefully, I will meet uh, some of the Lucases there, and especially George. I think he's. I think he started it all, and and, and it'd be great that uh, maybe I can meet him when I went when when I'm in Leeds next time. Lucas, as we look at Leeds and the current state, last season the team had a phenomenal run, obviously just missing out on promotion to the uh, Premier League. But one of the scandals that dogged the club was the spying that Leeds were found oh, guilty yeah. of. Marcelo Bielsa, a brilliant coach, but after the Spygate saga, um, has that? tainted your view of, of Marcelo? No, to be honest, he's never. I think he's, he's been part of the game for a long time. Uh, I think uh, uh, spying, I mean, uh, we've got coaches now going here to watch other teams. Or, or, but but to be honest, I think uh, for me, it's it's one of those things that you, as, a, as a manager, uh, 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 you can do. I don't think for me uh, uh, there was anything wrong. Uh, I think he was preparing his club, uh, his football team, and uh, and I think he, he did what was right for him. Do you not think he perhaps pushed the envelope a little bit too far in this case? To be honest, not really. No, I don't think I don't think he uh, he pushed it too far. But I think for me it was it was normal, uh, you know. Uh, and 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 I wouldn't judge him uh, towards that. I mean, he's a great manager. He's done well with. With such with such a great club that has been in doldrums for a long time, and and I would like to see him in the Premiership. Lucas, you've played in the Champions League. You've had many special nights in the Premier League, but I'd have to say your career highlight was the Afcon in 1996. Right. What do you remember from that tournament? You know, not much of the games, but what I remember is is the atmosphere in the country. It was absolutely amazing because the rugby have just won the Afcon, the the, the rugby World Cup a, a year before, the, and there was no, we didn't have we didn't feel the pressure of winning the Afcon. I think I think we had the players. I think that generation uh, is a generation that yes that that was uh, was there to win something. R- remind people out there who was in that star-studded Bafana team. I'm telling you, you know, and and not, I mean, I'm talking about individuals like uh, the late John Shuzumushu. I think w- when I talk about that team, most of us, I think, were based abroad, uh, and uh, and uh, we were like not not long ago, uh, we, had, we we were just reintroducing to international football, and this was the first. A massive cup a competition that we're hosting at home and uh, in, in, in football and I remember nearly, nearly, nearly never made it because of the injury but the camaraderie you know everything everything came together at the right time where the country is going through reconstruction where there was a lot of vibe in the country in terms of the achievements in a short period of time in football and uh, and we had players that were I'm telling you, that generation of players I don't think you'll get that generation ever again it was a different breed of players uh, of, of, of individuals I mean we had 
Eric Tinkler in the midfield. And they were, we were like tailored for that team. Each and from, from, from the goalkeeper, Brian Balloy, Andre Arense, Hans Fong, uh, 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 the late Sizwem uh, Taung. You know, like each and every individual in that team fitted into the squad like a glove. We had the late Sizwem Taung, who was a a right back and he was a proper right back designed for that position we had David Nyati who had a left back who designed for that and we had me Fish we had Neil Tovey I mean and, and, and you look at through that team it's all some most of us were like six foot in height and we were strong and and we had even if there is, a, I mean, you look at the first team, the first team, Andre uh, Arense, uh, the late Sizum Tahum, David Nyati, me, uh, Fish, uh, Neil Tovey, uh, John, the late John Shusmushe, Dr. Kumalo, Eric Tinkler, uh, uh, Sean Bartlett, Mark Williams, uh, Filmers, and oh man, it was, it. I can mention everybody, even the reserves, even those who didn't make the team. It was it was absolutely amazing. I, I think uh, the atmosphere in the year when we came together, you could feel. Uh, I think that time Tata Nelson Mandela was very inspirational. Uh, we had a Madiba magic. Explain to people what Madiba magic is. It happened that one day. Uh, we were woken up in the morning and now we were told that uh, uh, Tata was going to visit us in the camp uh, while we were in, in camp. We woke up at five in the morning. We've never done that before. <laughs> we assembled in this room. He came around six, uh, about seven o'clock. I'm telling you, there was a, a different aura in the room when he went in. and. I think I still have goosebumps talking about it now. And when he entered the room, he's, you know, we were just, we were gobsmacked. We were like, this is the man. I mean, the, the atmosphere changes, the environment. We stood there, he, he spent like an hour and a half with us chatting about football, chatting about his life. and encouraging us I know not about he wasn't talking about winning he was talking about participation you know uh, and and how proud he was to be able to be he, there with us I mean we could we should be saying the same we should be saying that to him well never mind him but it was amazing time when he left we felt that Madiba magic you know you we were we felt invincible we felt that we're gonna live. We can go alive now and go out and play against whoever, and we'll beat them. And that was the focus throughout the tournament. And we—that's the feeling that we've had throughout the tournament, as a team, as a country, because we felt the the, uh, the atmosphere as well when when we were traveling to the games, seeing the fans, seeing it was absolutely, absolutely something that. You can't translate, but something that you, I will live with because it's something that is clung to my to my body, to my skin. That, that when I think about it, 
I get goosebumps. I get like, I get emotional. I mean, when when that lady sang that song, uh, my African, oh man, you know, it's it's it gets so emotional, you know. But but that team, it was very special, a very special team, a breed of of individuals that have come together, black and white, you know, brought bring the country. They brought we brought the country to a standstill and we brought the country together. I mean, uh, and I remember some of the games I saw the rugby players were sitting inside the stadium there by the tunnel. It was an absolutely amazing time uh, in the country where we've just come out of apartheid and, and now we, we're trying, you know, uh, to to bring everybody together, and the democracy, and, and it, was, it, it, it was our time. It, it was our time, and and we felt it, and we and we did ourselves proud. Lucas, you spoke about Madiba Magic. You spoke about Tata Nelson Mandela, the father of the nation, Bafana Bafana's number one fan. He would famously tell you that you were his hero. <laughs> Explain that. How did it happen? How did it make you feel? I can oh, see you light up right in front of me oh, now, as I mention it. Oh man, absolutely amazing. You know, uh, who would have thought? You know, one day, a boy from Deep Kloof will have uh, achieved all what I've achieved uh, today. Having played for Kaiser Chiefs, Leeds United, Bafana Bafana, played in the World Cup, uh, 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 played in the Championship, uh, Champions League, uh, being the captain of, of of one of the English predominantly white team, uh, City, and uh, not the team, the City, uh, uh, and have Mandela saying that I mean is his hero coming from Soweto, Deep Kloof. You know, uh, it doesn't happen to everybody, and 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 that day when it came, I didn't even expect it uh, because we're. I remember I was told by the club saying that you know, we knew the, about the visit of Mandela at Leeds. But the club uh, didn't, really, didn't know that they would release me that morning you know, to, to receive him and introduce him to, to the city. So what happened is that I didn't even go to training that morning. So they went to, um, to, to the city, went to, into, the, uh, into the city. Uh, into one of those uh, posh <laughs> buildings, <laughs> you know, where the government buildings are. Uh, and uh, while we were sitting there, uh, there was all these dignitaries and everybody, the media, and I was just right in the corner, <laughs> right at the end in the corner. And I could see him coming. I mean, I was, I was ever so proud to see him walking in. I mean, this is not in South Africa. We, it's me and Madiba somewhere else outside the country, you know? And, and he started greeting everybody. And then and he came to me and said, and he stood right in front of me. I'm telling you, I didn't know what to do. He said to me, ah, I'm Tim Kool, which is big tree. That's my clan name. He says, I'm Tim Kool. And he turned back and says, hey, this is my hero. And I'm like, seriously, I had goosebumps. I had I had a big lump on my throat. I didn't know what to say, and then he went. Groupy, <laughs> but actually, after after that, he invited me to his room with my family, 
Uh, I've got a picture with, with me and little Luke, my son, crying on Madiba's lap, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? This is the greatest statesman ever. And, and uh, I mean, that's when our relationship with Madiba started, where, you know, for when, after that followed, uh, he invited me to his house, um, you know, for breakfast at, uh, at the foundation, you know, just to meet him and talk to him and my kids. Oh, man, it was very special. Very special, man. Uh, very special indeed. I think uh, I will never see somebody like that ever, ever again. I think he touched, he wasn't our president. He was, he was, uh, he, he was the world's president. Lucas, I know that the 1995 team had the movie Invictus where they talk about Francois Pinard's relationship yeah. with, um, with uh, Madiba. I've always been an advocate that there needs to be a 1996 Bafana movie or documentary. Yes, I agree. Can you tell me why this hasn't happened? Because that 1996 team, if I remember correctly, Mandela said, this is the team that brought him the most joy. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. Why haven't we done a documentary? Why haven't we done a movie? I'm getting goosebumps right now. I wish I could help get you get this off the ground. But is this something that you guys have even spoken about? To be honest, you know, you're talking about a movie. We've never had a reunion or an, an, an anniversary uh, since we won the Africa Cup of Nations. I mean, it's been how long now? It's been over 20 years. Uh, we, I mean, I know, I know the rugby guys have already had 10-year anniversaries, they meet now and then, but we've never even had one of them. You know, which is, which for me, it's very disappointing because I think that was one of the highlights uh, uh, of, the, of, of, of South Africa, you know, where football has played a role in in the reconstruction of this country, in uniting people, and and actually is in in what this country is today, uh, and I think that needs to be it's it's the history that needs to be highlighted, where our grandkids and other generations should learn and see where we've come from, because in a short period of time we've managed to achieve a lot, and uh, obviously that should be a legacy. You know that it should be left to to those who who aspire to be footballers or, or or play sport and take sport as a career, you know, because I think it it shows the responsibility that sport had, you know, uh, in the country or in the world, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and it changes people's individuals and it changes the world, you know, in a way that uh, nobody can, like Madiba said, mm -hmm. you know, that sport has it's, it's got the ability to change the, uh, uh, the world, you know, and uh, in, in a different way. And, and, and here we are today, you know, football is number one, <laughs> whether it's premiership or, uh, you know. Lucas, if Safa aren't going to do this, let's you and I put this banquet on together. I think, I think, the probe, I think for me, uh, we've got, we have already three members of the team that have passed on. Mm -hmm. Let's honour them. You know? And, and I think this needs to be done while, because you say it's better to honour people while they're still alive. Of 
And I think that will set a, a, a trend and will set a standard. And, I, and it will highlight some of the things that should happen in the future of this country, you know, uh, through sport. And I think, yes, yes, I think it, it needs to be done as soon as possible. Lucas, as we round up the interview, I wanted to ask you life post-football. I know in the past you've said that the only two coaching jobs you'd consider are Bafana Bafana and Leeds. Is coaching still something you see in your future or have you moved on from that? You know what? Uh, I got to get involved. I got to get an opportunity to get involved with, with South African football, with Safa in a technical committee and see what's going on in, uh, 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 in the game, uh, especially now that we have failed you know, uh, um, to live to our standard that we've set in uh, '96, and and, um, and that made me to change my not change my mind. I still would love, you know, to contribute as a coach. But now it's more than a coach that I would love to do because I can see the structures that not sub, that are there that are not supporting the successful of the coaches. So I knew what is the problem that we have not to be successful as a team in the national team. So that's, that's for me, that's more important than, than coaching now. Uh, uh, and and uh, yes, with Leeds, yes, I would still, uh, uh, you know, for me, for what I've done, for what they've done for me, I would still love to be part of 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 or contribute of contribute. I remember there was a calling before that they need me to come and lead the club and get come and coach. But unfortunately, obviously the credentials, you need to get the badges, mm -hmm. you get to get the 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 knowledge of the game. Yeah, the knowledge of the game is there, but to to go through the the stages where you have to get the badge and get. For me, yeah, I haven't done that, and I and I, I would have loved to take charge of a team like Leeds United be in the forefront and, and, and lead them. But with Bafana, it's a different story now that, yes, I would have I would loved to, to coach Bafana, but having seen the structures that are there, you know, I would like to be a part of the, of, of the administration that will build, rebuild the structures that will support suffer or the success of the national team or the or the success of the coaches to be successful with the teams so which is, i think for me that's very crucial you talk about wanting to build those structures in 2018 you announced that you'd like to run for the SAFA presidency but due to um, an eligibility clause you hadn't worked in the structures for five years which some of us would say shouldn't hinder your bid to be president, given your knowledge and your contribution to the game. Given the statutes of the South African Football Association, are you considering getting involved in the structures so that you can be eligible in a few years to lead the organization? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting soon uh, with the local LFA, uh, affiliating with them. Uh, obviously, we have to go through it. I need to know the, 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 the how, how to go about it properly. I've met a few people, and and I'm still interested in 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 having a contribution in what made me who I am. I, I'm not saying that to disrespect uh, the current administrators. I think they've done well uh, to keep us in the game until now. But obviously, there needs to be change. 
we need new ideas, we need people that will take football to the next level, which I think it leaves us with ex-footballers, which, which are ignored or which are really being put uh, outside uh, the game, and which, which is sad to see. Because I think for the next level, after having played football, is to help in the structures of the game, which I think uh, uh, it's crucial, and I think uh, uh, football, our, our football needs that now. Lucas, thank you for joining us on the On The Whistle podcast. Um, all the best with your projects, and it's been a pleasure catching up with one of my football heroes. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Zain. I really appreciate it, and uh, thanks to the media, because they've played a, a massive role role uh, you know in our in, in our in our lives not just careers you know to keep us on a straight <laughs> and as well making us who we are today and i tell you what if safa can't get the house in order and organize this banquet you and i are going to do it it's not i don't think we have to uh, to wait until safa does i think we have to do it okay you and i are <laughs> going to talk offline about that yeah. all the best no thank you very much Zane. thanks Okay, gang, that's a wrap as we hit full-time this week. Do let us know what you think by leaving a review and rating. And feel free to contact us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, you can find us by searching On The Whistle Podcast, while on Instagram and Twitter, our handle is OTW underscore podcast. That's it for this edition. And as they say in Setswana, Ketla hobona, Josiame. <laughs>